This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Imma. I live in Scotland. Hi, I'm Jen and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Oladanji and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki and I live in Paris. Hey, I'm Rod. I'm from Peru. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, I'm Jan. Hi, I'm Liki. Hi, I'm Christina. Hi, I'm Rob. Hi, I'm Olabanji. <laughs> and today we have lots of us on this call, which is fantastic. And we are very excited because Olabanji is in the hot seat, as it were. <laughs> he has come back from doing a presentation um, about carbon at Africa NXT. And Olabanji, can you tell us what that is? And then we'll get into how it went. Yeah, it's good to be back. I remember being on the hot seat before, <laughs> before, <laughs> before the presentation, and it was total fun. So um, I'm super excited now because you know there's there's not as much pressure. I mean, the presentation is done. So <laughs> yeah, but Africa NXT is uh, is the largest gathering of innovators in Africa and the diaspora. So it's probably one of Africa's biggest events as far as technology, networking, um, you know, and and stuff like that goes. So yeah, that's, that's what it's about. So it, it runs for a period of five days. Um, and over that five day period there, there's a ton of sessions, some of the you know, brightest minds in the country across the continent come to, you know, lead conversations and talk about stuff. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's where, that's where I went. <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit about your session and then people, people have questions. Yeah. So the interesting thing is, and I may not be completely right, but when it comes to this particular event, there's probably uh, maybe in and out of the place for five days, probably 25, 30,000 people. Wow. Um, and, and I'm just saying this because, I mean, it's almost like a place of pilgrimage, if, if, that, <laughs> if that makes any sense. There's a lot of people. It used to be social media week. And, you know, it's like a lot of young people. There's like a lot of celebrities coming there. So, you know, it's definitely uh, a good number of people. So in and out of the place for, you know, the entire period, it's probably 30,000 people. But this year, there, you know, the event was pushing against the odds. And that's for a number of reasons. Um, there's fuel scarcity in Nigeria currently, so it's difficult for people to move. And then the government has just, you know, redesigned the Naira, which is, you know, the currency that we spend here. 
and the new notes have not circulated whilst the old notes has a deadline to you know to be in a legal tender um and so that has also caused some chaos in in the country uh, so the event came and made a lot of instability um, that that particular period in time. So it was quite hard for people to get to the venue of the event. Um, so the attendance dropped by a very significant number. Perhaps maybe 80, 85% of people were not able to make it there. Um, and that was very, very huge. So we didn't get the turnout that we were expecting as much as, you know, as you know, like, you know, but, but it was a beautiful event, you know, after all, um, I remember my session starting and um, part of the, some, a member of the team went ahead to, you know, get people to come to the class Um and so we started seeing people coming into the class and like, oh, you're talking about climate change. Um, okay, well, there's not much happening around, so maybe I might just stick around and you know listen. And so what happened is all the people, most of the people that registered for the class initially were not able to make it down there. And so the bulk of people that showed up at the class or you know during the session were not people that were entirely ready for the class which made it a bit more interesting for me because like i'm like okay you guys didn't know you were coming to um to a class about climate change like uh yeah that's that's a thing um but but it was interesting eventually you know because the idea was not to just like teach the idea was to have a conversation with these people um, and so the short way to answer the question is that the class was engaging, it was interesting, and for a lot of people, perhaps everyone that attended the class, it was eye-opening, you know, because they started to meet with statistics that they've not seen before. Um, they started to see illustrations that they've not, you know, seen as well before. And then what perhaps the most the best part of it for me was to see interest about climate change just develop in them within the 90-minute session. They were like, oh, yeah, this is actually a thing. Um, and and that was that was a really, really great part of, of the session for me. So, yeah, it, it was great. It was interesting. It was engaging. And and I'm grateful that that I got to, you know, lead the conversation. Yeah. Well, Benji, I have a question. Uh before okay. we go into more details into you know the, the your interaction with your audience, there's something I don't understand, and I want I meant to ask you the question since you mentioned it. You say that the attendance dropped by eighty percent for two reasons. One is the uh, is the currency, and the other one is the is the increase of the fuel price in Nigeria. And that's something yeah. I don't understand because Nigeria is a great um, oil exporter, oil exporting yeah. country. So mm-hmm. how is that so that the price has increased? So it's increasing everywhere. Okay, that's that's we know, but yeah, why in, in Nigeria? <laughs> but it shouldn't increase in Nigeria. That's that's the logical thing, you know. 
Because, I mean, if you have all the oil, so to say, why should oil be expensive since you have a lot of it? But, uh, well. Uh, I think one, one thing I've heard is that there is competition problems, aren't there? So it means that somebody can't sell fuel to one place at one price and to another price and, and elsewhere. Is that, is that something to do with it, do you think, Alabanji? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a tiny part of it. But from from what we have now, the major reason would be that the apex refining body stopped refining, and so the retailers didn't have a place to buy, and so they had to resort to private um, refineries which are, you know, owned in small buckets in different places. And then there's there's not a lot of them. But now that they had to go, they have to go buy from the private uh, refineries, they sell at the price that they want to sell. Um, and it's more expensive for them to refine because, I mean, they don't have the as much of, you know, the facility and the way, you know, just they can't do it as cheap as the Apex, you know, refining body would do it. Uh, so that's the actual problem that that's, that's the major reason that they've given so far for the scarcity. So now there's now competition, just like you said, between um, the retailers, and that's all based on the price that they are getting the fuel. Um, so they are selling at, you know, whatever price pretty much suits them. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's the reason. I heard this morning that um, our prices are are really high, a dollar eighty four a liter. I don't know how that translates. And I heard this morning that our Canadian oil production, we have a lot of oil here, um, had their most profitable profitable year ever. <laughs> Oh wow! In 2022, <laughs> it's like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, so, so that impacted how many people came to the conference overall by 80. percent But you still had a good, pretty good turnout. Is that right? Uh yeah. So I had a pretty good turnout, although it was quite difficult to get a hold on the actual number because people were coming in and out of the class um, for for many, many reasons, because there were like uh, a number of classes running concurrently. Um, and, and that's how the conference works. There, there's probably maybe, I don't know, maybe more than 100 classes that go on within the period of five days. Um, some are panel sessions, some are keynote sessions, some are, you know, workshops and, you know, and on and on. But uh, yeah, based on the the actual number of people that were at the conference, it, it was it was a fairly good turnout. Did it affect the speaker attendance that much? Yeah, if, even some of the speakers weren't able to make it anymore because it was also hard for them to move. Um, and the price of, you know, the cost of transportation had, you know, quadrupled. <laughs> um, actually, more than quadrupled in some in some cases, and and that was not just that wasn't the only thing. The other part was, 
I mean, even if you have the money to pay, it was hard for you to get uh, an Uber or, you know, a boat or, you know, a car service to come get you. So, because they were struggling to buy fuel. So, um, it, it was just, it was just a thing. I have a question, Olabanji. You said at one point that in the 90, yeah. it was a 90 minute presentation. That's great. 90? Yeah. Is that what you said? Wow. And that's a big, long presentation. Yeah, and you said yeah. you, you saw people transform. What, what was, what was their biggest aha? What did you, what did you hear? Um, so th there were lots of moments where, um, I think the very first moment where people were like, oh, this is interesting was, I mean, I, it wasn't even, I, I think it was the part where we started talking about the natural sources of carbon and, and then I was like, okay, so now that we've talked about the natural sources of carbon, what are some of the unnatural sources of carbon that you know? And they started talking about all the unnatural sources and it just kept going. The list kept growing. It kept growing. And then it wasn't so hard for, for them to say, oh, we actually have a problem if we have just these natural sources. I mean, that's about four natural sources. I think there's... Uh, there's volcan uh, volcanic eruption. There is um, there is you know breathing, respiration, and you know some two others. Um, and then we started looking at all the unnatural sources, cars, you know, transportation, and a lot of all that stuff. And they were like, "Oh wow, if we're doing this much to the environment, then then there's actually a problem." So yeah, that that was one of the that was one of the biggest part. The other one would be when uh, there's a page in, in the almanac that has 10,000 10, dots. And we also went through that illustration about how if one more dot, if we hit one more dot, the entire human civilization as we know it might actually be wiped out. Um and you're like, whoa, 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 give me a break. When when is that going to happen? I'm like, well, <laughs> it shouldn't if if we prevent it. Uh yeah, because you're like, well, you know, it sounded like we have just one lifeline. Uh, and uh yeah. Christina has a question for you, Labanji. Okay. Could you take questions during your presentation? Yeah, I did. Oh, great. So what was your favorite, like the one that stood out? I'm curious. Hmm. Uh, what question stood out? Uh, I think it was about beef. Um, yeah, where a, a lady who is a lover of beef, um, she was enjoying the conversation until we started to talk about beef. And then I saw the discomfort in her face. And I was like, <laughs> do you have something to say? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and she went, and she went, no, no, no. I can do every other thing, but there's no way I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stop eating, you know, beef. Like, well, they're, they're about, 
I mean, and, and I started to explain how methane is a very dangerous gas and how we might actually be, you know, 84 times worse in the atmosphere than carbon. So she was actually struggling at that point, like, ah, like, okay, I want beef, but I don't want the, you know, the bad part of cows as well. So, and she was like, what do we do? I'm like, well, don't don't eat beef or at least eat it less. <laughs> you can start from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she didn't care about concrete. She was like, oh, I don't care. Like combustion, well, you know, we can manage that. And then it was like, coal. But the moment we talked about cows, she was like, nope, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't go there. Yeah. What would be her consumption? Like, does she eat it every day or what do you think? More, more like she eats it every day, actually. So, oh, okay. You know, yeah, more like she eats it every day. So there are these guys in Nigeria that make roasted beef and they're, they're always out at night. It's, we call them suya spots. It's it's called suya. It's uh, roasted beef and um, pepper, some, you know, some sort. It is very, very tasty um, oh. and i i don't know there's there are probably only a handful of nigerians that do not eat suya because i mean it's just culturally ingrained you know mm. in a way and so just getting hard to think about the fact that she might not be eating suya was mm. oh <sighs> well yeah, you're, you're striking a chord. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> other stuff, not, not not cows, but yeah. It has been a couple of days uh, since you've done this presentation, so I'm wondering if you have uh, had any feedback and or interaction with the people who attended your your talk, or people that have um, you know, if there's uh, any follow up action that have um, taken. Uh so the as far as feedback goes, I, I think the one that um that has stood out the most was a man whose daughter is um a climate change activist and he's reached out ever since for more resources on um learning, you know, more resources to help him learn about climate change and also get his daughter to 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 understand it more and, you know, start taking action in, in line. Um, but aside that, I haven't gotten that much um, feedback directly from the audience, but some of them, some of them had go, uh, they went ahead to feel, um, to feel a form about, um, to feel a form about, you know, what their views were, which was very interesting. Um, I, I think I can pull that up if if it's here. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear. Yeah. But yeah, as far as feedback goes, that's the one that I remember the most. And that's the one that actually came directly because he took my phone number and was like, yeah, I, I want to learn more about it. Um, I also had a few people, you know, reach out, not as, not with that much intensity, but what I did was try to send everyone as much resource, um, you know, as many resources as I could, um, which would be the educator's guide, the kid's book, the photo book, um, um, yeah. you know, the 
yeah, and and everything. I, yeah, I guess it's uh, if it's new information for people, it's a lot to digest. And I remember, yeah, it is the first time I came across this realization. I mean, I realized that wow, climate change is all the damages and bad consequences of climate change. I, you know, I had a very weird um, reaction. I felt very bad, and then I felt very guilty. I mean, it's. It's like, you know, the different stages of grief somehow. I I went through very, very stages of emotions before mm. actually thinking, okay, there's something I can do. But well, mm. so I'm not surprised that they uh, you only heard from just a handful of people. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm, I mean, I can read the statistics of some of the questions that I asked um, and the feedback that I got if, if you want to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Okay, so so the first question says, "Are you a lover of nature?" Sixty um, percent said yes. Forty percent said somewhat. So it was either yes, somewhat, or no. So nobody said no, but sixty percent of the people that answered said yeah, and then forty percent said somewhat. Um, the next question was, "Do you think that climate change is real?" And everybody said yes. The third one was, are you worried about what might happen if we don't solve our climate problems? And everybody said, yes, I'm worried. The fourth question was, on a scale of one to five, how passionate about the climate, about climate change are you? Um, and 60% said three, 20% chose four, and 20% chose five. So most people are just about in the middle as far as being passionate about climate change goes. And then the last question was, if you could do something to combat the current climate issues, would you? And 80% of the people that answered said, yes, they would. Only 20% said, 20%, 80% said yes. And I will even get others to join me. Um, 20% said just yes. So the the options were about five the highest being uh one of them being yes with all my heart the other was yes and i would get others to join me um the third option was i might try the fourth one was i would like to understand climate change more before i decide and the, the last one is yeah, well i'm not interested but most people seem to say yes i mean everyone said yes so did you have a strong call to action at the end did you have something you asked them to do specifically uh, no. So the, the call to action actually came, um, with, with each, um, lesson that we, we went through and probably that's what I should have done. Maybe put one call to action at the end, but all the call to actions were actually in between. Uh, yeah. Oh, I remember the, the big call to action was actually to have more conversations like this especially to drive systemic change. Um, interestingly, one of the attendees of the class had been in the House of Assembly, which is, you know, with the lawmakers, and she's been there. Um, one time they were having a conversation about climate change. And it was interesting to find out from her that they, they actually weren't having the conversation as per... This is something that is urgent that we need to solve. It was just one of the issues they were discussing and they were they were 
almost quick to move on to the next. Um, and, and that was quite interesting. And so the, the call to action, which is what the conversation dwelt most on, was actually to uh, get into spaces that have high tendencies of igniting systemic change and then influencing things at that level or in in those spaces but the rest call to action just simply came as we were moving through uh the presentation were there any government officials in the place do you know uh in my session no not in my session uh but i met i met someone from uh, a government agency just after my session and uh, we had an interesting chat about it as well um, although she didn't have much to say and they were quick to leave uh, the venue of the event but I think I planted I planted some a good seed in her you know as part this is something you might want to consider um, in your in your agency nice yeah I have a very big question. Okay. What is your personal follow-up of this uh, event? So what's your, what's your planning to do or, or you think you've done your job and that's it, you'll move on to the next thing or you, have, um, you want to organize or, or start other initiatives uh, in Nigeria? Yeah, I, I do. I do. So I, I, met, I, met, uh, I met someone who has you know, pretty much connections with um, bodies and organizations that, um, that, that make conversations like this go, you know, round. And he was willing to, you know, um, engage some of them and, you know, connect us to have more conversations like this. I actually have been thinking about that a lot. And I want to have more conversations like this, even in like smaller buckets um, and with with people that most likely have not heard or do not know much about climate change. Um, and yeah, I, I, I want to do that. I've not figured out how that will work out yet, but that's definitely something that I want to do going forward. Oh yeah, if you need any help, we're here. You, know, you have a very mighty team with you, so. Absolutely. Lots of ideas. Thank you. <laughs> Rob, I'm wondering if you've got uh, any burning questions for, for what you're about to do. <laughs> um, I think the um, sometimes at conferences like this, people choose to come and see you speak because they already have a feel for climate change. So you're, you're speaking to the converted. And I just wondered to what extent you felt that the, the drop-in numbers actually helped to um, put you in front of an audience that wasn't necessarily already converted. I just wondered what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, that that was that was a blessing in disguise um, because um, it just really had to be a conversation, you know. Because when you're talking with people that you know are a bit more into it. They're like, okay, what's new? What do you know? What's uh, another statistics? Or like, you know, what's the big thing? But like everyone that was there was like, you know what? We really don't know. We, we know 
nothing about this. So you might as well start from the ABC of what climate change is. And, and I think that was great because it also got me to, you know, simplify the conversation as much as possible and not have it from a point of like, not have it from a point of what's the word, not from the point of like, you know about this and I know about this and we're just talking about something that we know. Um, it was totally from a point, yeah, from a point of authority, not from a point of authority. We're just talking about it from, you know, just a, a conversation as simple as possible. Like, hey, climate change is this. And, you know, this is how we got here. You know, also seeing the surprise on their faces was like, oh, you guys really didn't know this. Um, and and that was interesting. And I think, and I think that was great. So you had to shift your presentation on the fly a little bit then. Yeah, although the presentation was originally designed to you know not be so intellectual, just just a lot of pictures and statistics and you know and all that stuff, but it, it even had to get more simple um at the point of delivering the presentation. Um okay, I have a question um which is related to very big cliche, so you have to to excuse me in advance. Um, I'm wondering if you have any reaction uh, from people who say that we are not um, responsible for climate change uh, because uh, we are not the biggest contributing, the biggest contributor to carbon emission, uh, greenhouse gases emission. Therefore. We don't want to do anything. It's not our job. So that's a big cliche, but it's uh, it's just a, 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 a question. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't have pushback from from that set of people, which was surprising because. Um, but I think one of the things that was helpful with that was also establishing that very early on in my presentation. Like, hey, well, we know that Africa is not the largest contributor to greenhouse gases. But, well, you can sit back and say we're not the largest contributor or you can say, well, this is where we are and if we don't do something about it, we're probably going to be the ones to suffer it the most or probably the most vulnerable continent. So it doesn't matter what you know, who the blame should be on. What matters is the future that we actually want. So I think I kind of established that very early on in the presentation. And, and you know, they, they, they agreed to that fact as well. So I didn't get much pushback from, from, uh, from the cliche guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rob in... A couple of weeks or a couple of months, we'll be we'll be doing something quite similar. Uh, maybe Rob wants to say a few words, and maybe uh, Benji could uh, provide some recommendations. Yeah, I, well, I'm I'm quite I'm, I'm interested to I've been interested to just listen to what Ola Benji has been saying. Really, um, one of the things that I've noticed is that when having discussions. Because people's perception of things tends to be led by newsreel, most arguments tend to be rather polarized, mm. don't they? And so I, I feel 
nervous about standing in front of an audience and um, who are working in our profession and starting to talk to them or lecture them uh, about the things that I've done to change. So I, I've, I've decided to start off by showing a slide where two people are at rather extreme ends and how conversations can become polarized just so that I can almost demonstrate that we're all on a path of some kind. Um, and some of us are perhaps further up the path than, than others, but most of us, and I think it's about 80%, isn't it, have some ideal about <clears throat> improving ourselves in regard to the uh, uh, climate and climate change. But we only think that a few of us in reality um, are, are interested. So it's almost like the Pareto principle where you think, um, I'm interested in it, but only 20 or 30% of the population are, whereas in reality, 80% of us yeah. are actually interested. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how best to start the conversation off on that footing rather than trying to, you know, go, go in lecturing and uh, telling people um, what yeah. I've done. Um, I think one of the things that actually helped me a lot was getting to know the people that I was having this conversation with first start. So I don't know what the size, what's the size of your, what's the likely size of your audience? It's probably only going to be okay. about 50 people. Um, I think it might be useful to get some of them to talk ahead. Probably like, hey, what's your name? Mm -hmm. um, what do you do? Um, you know, and then, you know, you have to also talk about yourself and say, hey, um, Olabanji, this is what I do. And in my case, I was like, hey, I'm a creative director. I'm a designer. Um, but, you know, I also kind of, work in climate change and that's because i'm passionate about it and this is why i saw that we're heading for possible doom and it's not too late to get us you know to turn back from that route and like oh well if you're this and that and you're into climate change then perhaps that's something that i should be into as well um, so I think that was useful as, as an icebreaker. Um, and then we started to, I also started by asking, tell me one thing that you know about climate change. And I went first, I'm like, well, um, this is what I know about climate change. Climate change is real. I didn't know it was real, but now I know that it's real. Um, and then people started talking about what they knew about climate change. So that might also give you a fair bit of knowledge about you know what the level of knowledge what level of knowledge the audience has about the conversation that you're about to have with them and yeah. it's i think it's also okay to pick up the conversation yeah. from one of the comments that anybody makes and then that makes it more like a conversation so for example um when i said Tell me one thing that you know about climate change. Um, a lady, that was when I discovered that a lady had even been in the House of Assembly where they were having conversations about climate change. Um, and although my, according to my presentation, talking about systemic change was somewhere in the end of the presentation, I just brought it forward and like, well, if you're there, that's where we can actually make systemic change. Um, and this is why. And so, you know, kind of 
scattered the presentation for a bit, but it was very good for the conversation part. So yeah, I, I think I think yeah. that might be helpful. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you. Thank you. And the pictures were very, very handy. Um and 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 I know we chatted a bit about that even before I, I went in for the presentation. Uh, and and I'm I'm so thankful that I had a lot more pictures in there than I had words because, for the most part, it wasn't necessary to read the slides or go through the presentation per se. When they saw the pictures, they just knew what it meant, and then we we could talk about it. So, it reminds me of the TED talk, uh, "Talk Nerdy to Me," and uh, it's uh, the, this. Uh, Person, she's she talks about uh, she's an, um, interested in uh, listening to people talk about engineering yeah. in this case, um, but um, she talks in the presentation about how people tend to put bullet points and bullet points mm. kill presentations, and it. I think that what you're saying about how you've made your presentation into a conversation really fits in well with doing a presentation like that because you can have slides up. And then you can just, you can riff on various different things and have conversations yeah. with the audience so much more easily than if you've just presented yeah. lots of figures, can't you? Yeah, that's, that's true. Still true. You're building a rapport as well, it sounds like, at the beginning, yeah. which makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Christina yeah. had a question for you. Yeah. Uh, did you have any questions about priorities? Like, uh, kind of, well, look, yeah, climate change is there, but I have much more important uh, things to deal with like safety and food and all that stuff. Did you come across of that kind of? Not not that much actually. So I would say that the audience are they're fairly. I mean, they're educated people. They also. I don't think. I I didn't get much as far as like. Well, we have other things to think about and talk about. And that's actually, I think one of the reasons for that was because I also put that forward. Like, well, oh. I know that we're Nigeria. Nigeria is a country in Africa. And there's a lot of, like, we should be talking about a lot of things. Um, and they pretty much agreed with that. And like, well, yeah, we should be talking about good governance. We should be talking about... Um, there's a lot of so many conversations we should be having so why why is climate change one of them and and that was also one of the things that i put forward i'm like well just in case you're thinking about that this is you know here's why and i think that also you know settled mm -hmm. the um because I, I probably just sort of thought about what were the likely pushbacks to people receiving the idea and, you know, making it their own. And that was one of the things that I thought about. And so I just put it forward at, yeah. you know, at the early stage of the, the presentation. Well, that sounds great. So in the presentation, I've been thinking about how to present these things to others and to have clear direction and also kind of note that yes there are other problems and in this moment 
we're going to talk about one to get somewhere. That's brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. So when is your next presentation? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know yet. There's no, there's no fixed date yet, but I'm really hoping to do this very, very soon. I'm really hoping to do this again soon. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was good to kind of bring people up to speed as, as far as what's going on with the climate goes. Um, so I, yeah, I, I want to do this again as soon as possible. I think you should. <laughs> we'll cheer you on. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for sharing this with us. Um, it's been very informative and inspiring. It it makes me want to do a presentation. So, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing your learnings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you as well. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. And Rob will cheer you on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, Rob. Go, 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 go. I'll let you know how I get on. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Let's keep having conversations. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again, as together we can change the world.